Just know you're not alone Cause I'm gonna make this place your News Radio 840 WHAS. Good Sunday morning. Bob Sekoler, the Louisville Real Estate Show. Back with you again till the top of the hour with us, Chuck Crosby, the Crosby Law Offices. Hello there. You can reach Hello. Chuck at 499-6360. We're doing our shows via Zoom because of COVID. And so Chuck's from his office. Brad is from his office. Brad Lawler, that is, Home Team Inspection Service. They come in as vets. Well, they come in as vets because they are, and they come in as a team, and they do a job, a great job. You can reach Brad and his folks at 844-411-TEAM. That's Good morning, everyone. Team. Good morning, Brad. My son Greg is joining us as well mm-hmm. uh, because our marketing, photography, and so much more. And you can reach me, Bob Sekoler, at 376-5483. By the way, we're recording this. It'll be on YouTube if you want to see a replay because there's some pre-show banter, which we were discussing some really good restaurants, and then some after show we'll have. Uh, LouisvilleAnswers.com is the place to go, www.LouisvilleAnswers.com. So the big news, really, quite frankly, is the market. It's continuing to uh, outperform. And then I don't know if you folks have ever heard of MRED. That's the Midwest Real Estate Data Group. It's a real estate group, the nation's largest uh, multiple listing service. Uh, they serve as Illinois, parts of Wisconsin, and Indiana. They announced 2020 was a record year in sales. The heartland um, of the country. It, the unbelievable. Agents uh, are saying they conducted $43 billion in business in 2020. That's the most since that uh, MRED was founded in 2008. It also marks a 14% increase over the previous year, or record, mm-hmm. in 2018. And we should point out, and this is the lead-in, that here in the Louisville area, we hit an all-time, I believe, an all-time low in the number of oh. listings that are on the market. We, normally, we we're 3,000 or so. We were 1,552 mm. as of uh, mid-Wednesday. That's just to give you an idea. That's half of what should be on the So way. understand that strain with the fact that we're having record sales and we're seeing a lot of business, um, but that's how fast you need to be because there's no homes yeah. on the market. And when they come up, the good ones go very fast if you're <laughs> positioned. We, we listed one... Um, uh, low 300s sold in less than a day, actually probably four hours after we got the marketing up. The pictures were phenomenal um, over the list price. So amazing, absolute amazing deal. So just know it's happening all around us. So if you're looking to buy, we can help you with a number of agents that we have that will get you out there. But more importantly, uh, if you're thinking about selling, we can get this job done quickly. Let's go to first Brad Lawler in terms of the number of um, co- contracts that you're doing with regards to uh, inspections. And we were talking before the show started, you're swamped. Yeah, it's been a, a, a tremendous uh, first two weeks of the year. Uh, volumes up quite a bit. And over 2020, and 2020 was a, was a record year uh, for us to begin with. So been very, very strong. More like, it's feeling more like mid-March right now than it is mid-January. How about you, Chuck Crosby, doing those closings over at your office? Yeah, it slowed down for about two weeks. Uh, you know, then we were just doing a few every day, but uh, it's picking right back up. So, it, I, and I, I would yeah, say March. It, yeah, it feels I would say more like a March. Absolutely. We don't know what the impact of COVID will have on the rest of 21, but we do think that there's certainly a difference of the feeling of homes selling so early in the year. So, if and I keep I keep telling people, you know, we we see this usually as, as a lull. And we saw like a two week lull, like the new year, everybody was like, okay, Christmas, let's get through it. Yeah, but let's usually get to it's the a two month lull. 
Yeah, no. Usually, I, yeah, January, February are usually times I can go somewhere. It absolutely uh, feels like March. I looked at, I, I posted my schedule on Instagram the other day because it, it was, I was amazed looking at my log of how many listings we've had come in, yeah. how much marketing and time I've spent behind my computer. And it's like, wow, this is really more like March. Here's the concern for everybody. So I talked to two people this past week who had talked to a number of agents and I, I don't mind competition. In fact, I love that. But uh, in these two cases, uh, they were told by other agents to wait until spring to get their home on the market. I said, ooh, new, no, don't. I said, because oh, wow. there are more buyers out there at that time in, in spring. <laughs> and so that's fine. But there are also a Typically. lot more homes on the market. And you're up against more competition. I said, you're much better getting it on the market sooner, like next week, than later when you've got more competition because you're going to be looked at by a lot more people who are hungry to get a home. Yeah, I mean, historically, that was the notion when there was a slow right. period in January. Yeah, exactly. But we're not experiencing the, lo the loss of the buyer pool. And the only thing that we could really tell you is, honestly, okay, your picture's without leaves on it. But I just, I'll tell you, I just did one in Norton Commons today, actually. And yeah. we've got the trees in front of the right. homes. And, yeah. and it looks better because the tree's not covering the front of the house. So I got That's a better right. picture today yeah. with a nice yeah. blue sky. Mm -hmm. So the 2020 migration trends for U-Haul are out. Did you know U-Haul tracks? You oh, yes. Know. 50 states, they, they omitted Hawaii for obvious reasons, because that could be a problem if you're driving the U-Haul mm -hmm. across. Yeah. Um, and here's the, uh, the takeaway. Uh, Tennessee became, was number one for the first time. Coming in second, and this is not the first time that uh, this has happened, um, Texas. But here's, here's some good information. So these are people moving from one location to another location. And I presume that these are people moving to Indiana, now ranked 12th. Um, that was last year, they were number nine, but here's the big story. Kentucky ranked 18th. Last year, it was 37. So we're seeing an influx of people coming our way. All right, we've got questions because of the COVID show and we're limited on what we're able to do in terms of technology. So we can't take your phone calls directly. You can email me. Any question, we'll get it on the air. Send an email to bob at com and just put question uh, in the subject line and then just write the question in the uh, email itself. So this one is coming from Junior. So Junior had an inspection when uh, he bought the house and it was noted, and he makes a point of saying that this was a home team inspection that was done Home team noted that it was a Federal Pacific panel. Uh, Junior and his agent at the time, a number of years ago, decided not to ask for a new panel uh, when they bought the home. But now he's about to sell the home, and he's wondering, should he disclose on the disclosure that he has a Federal Pacific panel? We'll go to Brad, and then Ch Chuck, I'm going to go with you on the legal side of this, if there's any legal implications. So, Brad, thoughts? Yeah, well, on the disclosure form, we're not probably going to see the disclosure anyway. We typically don't, but the, as the inspectors, uh, every inspector in this market's going to make a notation on the Federal Pacific panel, um, you know, that there could be, you know, some challenges with it. The problem now is that those panels are coming up on 40 years old and are needing upgrade anyway. So, so anybody who's new to the show, Brad, if you would take a minute, yeah. explain it's Federal Pacific or 
They go by another name. We understand. Well, they, they refer to them as stab lock panels. Okay. If you open the panel up and they have a bunch of orange uh, switches and they're all facing to the outside of the box, that's going to be what's called the Federal Pacific or an FPE panel. The problem is, is that there were some uh, potential fires that were caused by FPE panels. Doesn't mean that if you have an FPE panel in your house right now that it's going to burn down tonight, but the breakers didn't trip as uh, they were supposed to. So FPE uh, stopped selling those in the U.S. back in the uh, the early 80s. Um, but since then, you know, people have been upgrading them and changing the panels out. You can't get replacement parts for them. Um, there's, you know, people tell you they're available on Amazon. They're all coming from Canadian sources because they still sell the version of the FPE panel in Canada. But here, they're just, they're just, it's, it's time to upgrade them. Electricians are going to be split. An electrician will come in and look at it and say, look, there's no overheating. There's, there's no overloading of it. It looks fine. The next electrician will come in and say, even if it looks fine today, you need to upgrade it because it is a, uh, is it a potential danger? Because you've got a paperclip connecting that circuit right there. Yeah, maybe. Well, yeah. But, but <laughs> yeah. Brad, so let's back up. The problem that I had heard with the, uh, the Federal Pacific panel was that the breakers had, because they went out of business here in the United States, the cost of putting in a new breaker was so high that people were using other circuit breakers that were not made for the panel, and that was creating the short and the problem. Is that it? Well, those, they're hard to replace with other circuit breakers. I don't see that as often as I see just circuit breakers that are, you know, just trip, you know, trip constantly, and people just keep dealing with that. So um, the parts that you see usually are, are, coming from another source overseas and you have no idea what's being put into those panels that is making it work. You, you don't think, is it not possible to go to a Canadian supply house or something and get you? Yeah. That's where, that's where a lot of the sources are right now. People uh -huh. are just bringing them in from, from Canada. Um, again, you know, federal Pacific never admitted that there was any problem with the panels. Mm. You know, that's the one thing to know. They never admitted a problem. They still sell them in Canada where they're, where they are deemed safe, hey. you know, with 10, with 10, there's, there's probably tens of thousands of those panels still in the Louisville market. Yeah. We're not hearing about homes burning down every night because of them. But if I was a homeowner with a 40 year old panel, I'm going to be replacing that panel anyway. And if for, for junior, probably the better idea is go ahead and replace it show the receipt that it was replaced. And, you know, honestly, you're, you're taking a lot of the doubt out of um, the next buyer's mind, um, yeah. you know, unless there's other challenges with the, uh, with the electrical system, which again, the home inspector is going to find those things anyway. Let's move to the legal side of this. Again, Chuck, it's not on the disclosure to disclose the type of electrical panel that you have, but should Junior disclose it anyway within there's an area there that he can write in and would he, if it's flagged in an inspection, since he disclosed it, would he have to have it replaced or repaired if it's even possible? Okay, well, as to the first part, I don't know anything about these kind of panels. If they are inherently dangerous, then yeah, you ought to disclose it. If it's just an old panel that is perfectly safe otherwise, because I'm sure that, and I don't, I've never done any study on this, but Brad have other panels overheated and caused fires other than this one? Yes. That are currently in yes. use and yes. are currently uh, being sold and serviced and- Yes. And get not like there was a recall centers. on this panel where they know, hey, if you have a Federal yeah. Pacific panel in your house, right. you need to get it out now. That's, right. yeah. That would be and different. Barring that, I don't see any requirement uh, right. to disclose it. But if you, you know, you, you can't uh, be 
you can't be hurt for over disclosing. Uh, so that's where, that's where I fall on it. Now as to, uh, if you disclose it, then they pick it up and they ask for the repair. Mm -hmm. Uh, does that somehow give you any extra rights not to replace it? I don't think so uh, at all. Uh, whether you disclose it or not, they still have the right to say, Hey, we would like this, uh, uh, replaced and you're still in the same position of saying, yeah, no, or I'll give you some money to take care of it yourself. Got it. I, All right. I, it almost, it almost begs the question if our, if our board needs to take a step, just like they do with HVAC and I'm okay. I know people are going to hate me hearing saying this, but water heater age, HVAC right. age, yeah. electrical yeah. box yeah. age. And then you could go by and say, okay, you know, if you're disclosing yeah. it, cause if you disclose, you, you could over disclose in this case, cause if you're pointing to something saying, Hey, but again, known or should have known it gets into that gray yeah. area of, what do you, you know? Yeah, well, I keep thinking about somebody like me, though. I mean, I'm fairly well educated, but you show me a panel, I'm not going to know the difference between it and a bologna sandwich. Right. Uh, well, I tip, I might differ with you on. Well, yeah, you know okay. your way around okay. a kitchen. I know you yeah, know what a bologna yeah, sandwich. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not going to put a Federal Pacific panel in your mouth and take a bite out of it. So. I, I get hungry enough. You I, never know. You never know. Radiator so, nachos is all I got to say. Got it. Um, you go. But, but, <laughs> But the fact of the matter is, the more detail you put on uh, that, the disclosures uh, with the board and the other documents, the more you're, you're putting a burden on the seller to know things. Uh, I, I just wonder at what point do you get uh, to where it's up to the buyer to figure this stuff out? Caveat emptor. Gotcha. Uh, it's already a five-page federal uh, disclosure. So, yeah. I think uh, the takeaway on this, because we got to cut for a break, the takeaway is if you go down to your panel, wherever it is, if it says Federal Pacific on it, go on the internet and do some research. Yeah, because it, you may decide, I don't want to live with this panel. It's time to call an electrician to at least certify the panel is in working order correctly or to have it replaced. All right. We're going to take a break. When we come back, uh, we're, we've got some a lot more coming your way, and one of the things, red flags, uh, that you may find that uh, you're buying a home that's got problems. Coming up, we'll talk about that. Uh, with us here in the studio, it is Chuck Crosby, the Crosby Law Offices at 499-6360, actually from his studio, which is his office. Brad Lawler, owner of Home Team Inspection Service, 844-411-TEAM, also uh, Greg, my son, does our marketing, photography, and so much more. And you can reach me on my cell phone, Bob Sekolder. We are looking for homes. Um, that's what I do daily is trying to find homes for buyers. 376-5483. Want to hear what people are saying about us? Go to LouisvilleSellersTalk.com. You want to read what they say? Go to LouisvilleZillow.com. We're back in a moment on News Radio 840 WHAS. I'm Chuck Crosby, a real estate attorney here in Louisville with Crosby Law Offices. I've been practicing real estate law, fixing problems, and helping people for over 22 years. So if you're a buyer looking for advice, information, or professional closing services, call me. If you're a property owner, real estate professional, you have a problem, you just can't fix it, call me. If you're a landlord and you're having problems with your tenants, call me. Again, I'm Chuck Crosby with Crosby Law Offices. You can reach me at 499-6360. 499-6360. Six three six zero. This has been a paid advertisement. Hi, I'm Brad Lawler with Home Team Inspection Service, the area's largest home inspection company. Our teams of dedicated professionals, including many veterans, inspect thousands of homes in Louisville and Southern Indiana each year. And team makes all the difference. Extra sets of eyes and overlapping duties means a more thorough inspection and better value for you. 
Multiple teams mean we are able to inspect your home when you need it. Radon testing, home inspection, termite reports, one call does it all. Get the team, get home team. Shopping for a home? The place to start is REMAX Properties East. Experienced, caring, top-producing agents who service all of Louisville and surrounding areas. On your computer or on your smartphone, head to homesinlouisville.com and sign into one of the most advanced home search sites in the country. That's homesinlouisville.com. Residential or commercial real estate, let the award-winning agents at REMAX Properties East help. Take the first step in your house hunting journey. Visit homesinlouisville.com or call 425-6000 today. Hi, I'm Barbara Corcoran. I'm constantly asked by news sources how to best navigate today's real estate market. I call the brightest agents in the business to get their input. Hi, Bob. What's going on in Louisville? Hi, Barbara. The Louisville real estate market is hotter than we've ever seen it. I'm so happy to hear that. With our exclusive marketing plan, we can get sellers top dollar right now. Get the best advice from my friend, Bob Go to WeSellLouisville.com. Be safe and smart. News Radio 840 WHAS. It's the Louisville Real Estate Show. Bob Sekolder. You can reach me. And thank you, by the way, Barbara Corcoran. You can reach me at 376-5483. Barbara is a mentor. You see her on Shark Tank. And I certainly appreciate her friendship. Also here, Brad Lawler, owner of Home Team Inspection Service, 844-411-TEAM to get Brad and his team on your side. And Chuck Crosby, the Crosby Law Offices at 499-6360. Chuck does an incredible job when it comes to getting a closing moving forward. And he's also entertaining and a lot of fun as well. So I highly recommend Chuck to do closings, wills. And as he says, if he doesn't do it, he knows someone who does. Did I get it right that time? You got it that time. Good. Uh, So here's another question that had come in and we'll talk about these problems in just a minute. Um, it's the Billy who closed on a home. Heating stopped working two days after Bill moved in. Can he sue the seller, Chuck? Say that again? He, he bought a home. He closed on it. Uh, heat stopped working two days after he yes. moved in. Can he sue the seller? Uh, did he do an inspection? There's a lot of variables here. He doesn't um, say in this, yeah. Yeah, there's there's a lot of variables. If obviously, if the seller uh, somehow managed to hide it and knew or should have known there was an issue, there and, it is. Yeah, then knew or should have known. Know, then you start uh, figuring out what's going on. Um, could have been an inspector that missed something. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's all kinds of variables going on. Obviously, the first thing uh, I always tell people to do is get it fixed. You got to get it fixed. Um, and that also is the baseline for your damages. So rather than sit around going, oh, can I sue somebody for the amount of money so that I can replace this? No, what a judge is going to want to see is you replaced it and this is what you had to spend. Mm -hmm. Um, So too many variables to say, yeah, let's go sue a seller. Uh, But there's a little, uh, there's some information that needs to be uh, dug up. But first one is get it fixed. Get it fixed. So there's a reason I went to that question because quite frankly it leads directly into their topic for the week which is how to tell if some the home you're buying has some red flags and some of the things that surround the red flags for example corroded air conditioning vents brad you want to extrapolate on that well i mean you're going to see those when the system is not operating correctly and you've got high levels of uh, humidity in the house uh, is where you're going to see a lot of that uh, that corrosion coming from. You'll Got see it. the rust. When you say vents, are we talking about like the 
the yeah. vents on the wall. Yeah, yeah. your supplies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Or loose hinges on cabinets. That's a, it's a nuisance. Tighten those up. Leaky faucets. These are things that you as a buyer walking through a house need to make note of. Sellers, these are things you need to take care of. Prior well, these, to are th- these, are the, these are some of the most important poignant reasons that you do a walkthrough. And you make sure, hey, does it feel like the HVAC is working properly today? Maybe you do two walkthroughs over the course of a week to just verify that, hey, that if, if it's in question for an older home, for vacant homes especially, yes. check the water yes. and all that kind of good stuff. And I'm sure Bob will go through the list, but this just ties directly back in. If your HVAC or your heating stops working two days after, it goes back to Chuck's question. Well, what did you do? What are the X factors? Right. Did you so, go through and do a walkthrough? Did you what, do an inspection? But, but, but we're talking you? at the time of walking through, looking at the house for the first Just time. Just looking. Of course. Okay, gotcha. Before. Yeah. So, so the concern is there's such a demand for homes, you may overlook some of the stuff, but these are key things to look for. You ready? And a lot of people so, overlook them because on purpose now. Yeah, because of that, right, because that it's such a hot yeah. market. You got to yeah. make a decision here. So here's some help. Buyers, these are things to look for. Sellers, these are things not to have around or fix is what you should be doing. If you see a dehumidifier or an air freshener, so a dehumidifier working in the basement or an air fresheners around the house, what are we thinking? It's a sign of, Brad, you want to jump on it? Well, if if you've got actually one dehumidifier in a basin probably doesn't throw me off, but when I see three or four of them running mm-hmm. and they're on full blast and I know I've got water coming in from somewhere, it's creating a moist environment in the uh, in the basement. I've got some why, issue going on with water. Why would someone have a dehumidifier? Uh, just one though. Uh, well, I have one. I have one in my basement just to just to so do balance I. out the uh, yeah, just to balance out the air in the in the basement because you don't have as much airflow down there as you do on the other levels of the house. Yeah, I've got one in my basement that I've mm-hmm. never turned on that was oh. there when I bought it. Yeah, it's been several years now, and I've never needed it. Now, yeah. finished or unfinished? Because I, I often see when I'm shooting homes in unfinished basements, I see it. I think visually, I see it more yeah. than in it, finished basements. It, yeah, and, I, and I've got unfinished. Okay, ours is unfinished yeah, space, so I don't have as much conditioning in that yeah, space. Yeah, same here. Ours is well, finished, but it's in, like in the cat room. Well, right, and and yeah. what, what Brad's talking about, and, and to speak to the airflow of the home, right, is that mm-hmm. when you have a finished basement, chances are you've got your registers and returns set That's up correct. to where you have more airflow. And those unfinished right. basements, the reason I see it more is because they just don't have that airflow. But right. two things, yeah. Chuck, Chuck, two things. One, try turning the dehumidifier on for a couple of weeks and see, and report back if you don't mind, see if the, the basin that collects the water has accumulated water. Because that could be a telltale sign that there's extra humidity in the air because you can set the humidifier to a specific humidity. And the second thing, and probably more important, your cats have their own room? Of course. Oh, okay. Of course. <laughs> cat owners do that, Bob. Yes. No, your but dogs used to have their room. own room in the old house. I know that, but their own room. Their own room. Yeah, we Cats deserve the same the thing, Bob. Too. All right, moving forward. <laughs> uh, strategically placed planters or shrubs near the home's foundation. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brad, you want to speak to that again, quick, cause we have a lot, uh, well, that's just going to, uh, you know, be a cause or a place for pests, uh, a, a place for other sort of, of growth around it. Uh, just or not crack a, foundations. Yeah. It, you're, you're hiding something, not a, yeah. not a great idea. You yeah, want to kind of take a, take a look to see why it's there. So how about freshly painted trim? You want to make sure that wooden window frames aren't damaged. A lot of times people paint over rotten wood and think nobody's going to see that the, there's something rotten in those yeah. windows. That's right. When a lot of times you'll see paint, no caulk. And the, oh. the, the paint only covers it for a few days before it expands back out. And you'll, you'll see that they've tried to cover up wood rot. 
Ah, how about a fresh coat of paint on the ceiling? I don't know if you as a buyer can walk through and see it. You you can. Yeah, because a lot of times they don't paint the whole ceiling. They just Mm -hmm. paint over the spot where the water stain was because of the roof leak. That's actually the very first thing that our inspectors do is we send somebody upstairs to visually look at all of the ceilings in the uh, the uppermost level of the house to see where water might be coming in or where stains have been covered up. So here's a tip for buyers. When you're going into a home, look at the disclosure as you're walking in. See if there's anything about leaks or stains or drips or uh, water leaks, basically. And then as you're going through the house, if you like the house, just make sure that it doesn't look like this patched up paint because that could have been a sign that something was omitted. Maybe and if you've got a good agent, somebody from, like, say, our team, we, yeah. we are trained in making sure that we're walking through with disclosures and we're looking, okay, is this, eh, this doesn't match up, eh, this, that, and the third. If you've got somebody on your side, they should be looking at that stuff for you and, and, and letting you know. Finally, I would tell you, you don't want to do this, but an inspector will look to see the HVAC system and the heat and where the, um, the vent ventilation is and if there's been a new filter put in matter you bread your people still pulling the filter to see if it's dirty yeah we pull every filter just so that we can tell the buyer what the size of it is so they know how to do maintenance on it but that's the another big telltale for the the inspectors i tell you i mean if you want to know the secrets to to helping with the home inspection sellers make sure you take care of all the little minor plumbing leaks just just fix them they don't cost much to fix but all those little drips under the cabinets that are, are creating an v- environment for mold, take care of those. And please get your HVAC system uh, maintained or serviced before you put the house on the market. Because at least you're showing us that you're doing some maintenance on the house. But when we see impacted filters with air that can't even get through it because it's a filter that's, you know, nine months old or a year old, then we know the rest of the house hasn't been maintained either. I will tell you, I tell our sellers to change the filter a week before you put the house on the market yep. and then change it on a regular basis, but don't change it the day before an inspector comes in because then they'll, they'll know that you're basically gaming the system. You're trying to impress them. But if there's a little dirt there, they'll at least know, oh, well, this is a pretty well-maintained home. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's right. Yeah. So those are some of the things that you want to look for. So buyers, be aware. These are little things, little tells, little signs as you're going through it. Again, as we've been talking throughout the show, as hot as the market is, it may not be something that you want to really be concerned about because there are so few homes. But if you're concerned, this is something to look at. And for sellers, I would tell you, these are things to look at. One more thing I'll add on this, Brad, this is a good reason to get a pre-inspection by home team or any other inspection, inspection company out there because they will find things and including reversed uh, negative and positive lines on the electrical outlets. Now, yes. an experienced homeowner can go out to a big box store, get the tester that you guys mm-hmm. use, plug it in. It will tell them if there's a reverse line and if you feel comfortable, make the change yourself, which will save them, the homeowner, 60, 75 bucks to have each outlet reversed. Yeah, yeah, it's it's well plus the service call for the electrician to come out there. But yeah, yeah I think that you know the 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 benefit of the pre-inspection is you've got a rough idea of what work needs to be done and a home inspector is not a commission salesperson. So they're not they're not trying to sell you anything. They're just telling you factually here's what we find and then it's you've got a checklist of things that you either want to uh to repair or just disclose and sellers disclose 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 because chuck as you would tell anybody who decides not to reveal something that should have been on the disclosure what's the advice as an attorney that you would give to those potential sellers 
Um, save some money up for the judgment. Because they can take, you can take the yeah, seller. Absolutely. To if, you, if you, if you misrepresent the condition of the house, that is a lawsuit. Uh, that's, that's the classic scenario. You hide something, you cause them not to be able to find it. Uh, and there's going to be evidence. Um, they'll, they'll turn around and come after you. And in this day with the, with 2,500, the limit for small claims court, it's easier mm -hmm. than ever to go for something small. And then you bring in an attorney and, uh, then you go in for more, more bucks. Yeah. All right, guys, we are out of time. It went fast, and I had a lot more questions. We'll try to get to those over the next couple of weeks. Uh, once again, we want to thank Chuck Trosby, the Crosby Law Offices at 499-6360. Thank you, Chuck, for being here. Good also, to be here. Brad Lawler, owner of Home Team Inspection Service, 844-411-TEAM. And by the way, they for the sixth year in a row, Brad, they are the sixth number, year. One, sixth year home team, number one home team inspection service in the country. Thank you for being here. Thank My you. My son, uh, Greg, who does such a great job with our marketing and photography and so much more. And again, we continue to look for homes to sell. You can reach me anytime, a day or night, on my cell phone, 376-5483. To see a rebroadcast of the show, go to louisvilleanswers.com. And also, if you want to see what people are saying about us, go to louisvillesellerstalk.com or read about us, louisvillezillow.com. We are out of time. I will see you with our team next Sunday right here on News Radio 840 WHAS.